I'm Rabbi Patrick. I'm Dan. And this is episode 27, The Sabbath. And uh, I have to say that an episode about the Sabbath is a little weird, given the fact that I've pretty much been nonstop all weekend. Yeah, no, it, it, it is. And, and I think, you know, I think as we get into our little, because let's face it, you know, like so many podcasts, we do a little bit of banter, a little bit of chatter at the beginning. <laughs> but I was thinking about that. Yeah. And I actually, you know, before, I, I want to say something a little bit serious. Sure. I like this podcast, and it's been a while since we've done it, mm-hmm. and I want to get better. Personally, and I want this podcast to be better, and I'm just, I'm at a point where I'm kind of thinking about some of my priorities on my, you know, in my in my leisure time, so to speak, and, and I want this to be, I want this to be part of it, but I want it to be, um, to be good, and I want it to, uh, I'm grateful for it, and I want to improve it, so, you know, it doesn't mean no banter, but I just felt like I had to just kind of come come clean with what's what I'm thinking about on yeah. this podcast. A little, yeah. me, a little meta right there. <laughs> well, and certainly, you know, if people have any questions, comments, concerns, they can always email podcast at rabbipatrick.com and uh, and give their give their thoughts. I should also say we have an audience of one, which is Stephanie, who is doing the dishes right now. Right. So we're very grateful for we're that. We're very group. grateful for that. <laughs> Thank um, you, Stephanie. Uh-huh. <laughs> So anyway, so the Sabbath. Yeah, so the our- Sabbath. Sabbath is our topic today. Um, but before we get there, we have to do, of course, everybody's favorite distraction. And I didn't bring my ukulele today. Uh-oh. Because I can only bring one prop. And today oh, I brought a prop of the Bible. Yes, you did. Yes. Oh, snap. Right. For some reason, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't want to turn into Carrot Top. Right. You know, it's really <laughs> been one of my goals. And so I only try to bring one prop. Yeah, yeah, and today was the Bible. Yeah, uh, that's a decent prop to have. Yeah, it is. It is, and and given that we're recording this at a rabbi's house, I, I probably could have assumed that you could supply a Bible. Yeah, it's it's B Y O B. It's right. Your own Bible. B Y O B. I hope that that is something that is like a thing in the Protestant world of like B Y O B. Bring your own Bible. Well, that I would be great. In if general, it was like a Baptist thing, that'd be super cool. In general, B Y O B. You know, can have many meetings. I have a friend who, if you go visit him, it's BYOB. Be, bring your own bath towel. Because he's only got one. He's only got he's one. He's only got one. So, okay, yeah. You know, I mean, uh, okay. apropos of nothing. Fair enough. Right. Fair enough. Nice. Okay, cool. So, yes. Um, okay, so. Um, how how do, do we be, do it? Another B. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How do we do it without the without the uke? Um, from Cloud. Here's Dan. All right. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this was a this was a whole wheat bagel with get this white fish salad and avocado Jewish fusion. Yes, but here's the thing: it was served at a establishment in Lakewood, New Jersey, called Bagel Nosh. Now, I visited this place with my with my dad and my brother last uh, two uh, two weeks ago now. It, we were, it was packed. This was a Sunday morning. It was packed. There was a line out the door. It probably took us 20 minutes to get to the front of the line. It was almost entirely Hasidic Jews. 
or, or, or maybe it's modern orthodox. It can be a little hard, I guess, for me to tell sometimes based on... You don't have the radar. Based on, on attire and so <clears> forth. <throat> but we were the only civilians in there, really. <laughs> civilians. And um, aside from the... Uh, the um, I'm guessing Central American cooks. Okay. So it was um, it was a very interesting experience, and it and it got me thinking about first of all in, in my in my uh, oh let me get back to the bagel. Right. The bagel was decent. <laughs> it was pretty good. <laughs> it was pretty good. The the, the whitefish avocado is a surprisingly good combination. Mm-hmm. When I ordered it, um, the cashier said, "On the same bagel." I said, yes, sir. Oh, wait, so this was your own combo. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you went, wow. I thought this was just some unusual... House specialty? Yeah. No. Wow, good for you. No. The house specialty seemed to be like this mushroom pizza bagel with a side of fries. Again, this was an unusual place. Yeah. So, but it was it was pretty decent. It was. But anyways, so does that cause the end of the review? I guess if you feel like it should be. That was Dan. That was Dan. <laughs> But it got me thinking about a couple things. One, you know, in my day job, I'm a compliance guy, and I, I got to thinking about the different levels of compliance with these different oh, kind wow. of rules in terms of, because, you know, some some had the black and white with the curls, some mm-hmm. had Air Jordans. Um, you know, yarmulkes all around. But anyways, it was it was fascinating, and I, had, and I have many thoughts about it, which we probably could do a 7 to 12 podcast series probably. on this, this bagel shop, but... It got something thinking. to strive for, I think. Yeah, yeah. But it, but it really got me thinking about, as well, about modernity and how much of modernity do we accept, how much do we reject, and we're doing it in meaningful ways, principle. And that ties into the Sabbath discussion, I think, as well. Right. Which is, you know, a, a fundamental idea in some ways. It's in the Ten Commandments, for goodness sakes. And yet it's, it's, a, it's a really almost radical idea in the modern world. Absolutely. And it's gone through a lot of changes over the years. And I hope we'll get to that. But let's start with just the basics. Sabbath 101. I'm from Mars. I'd land. I do. I go to Jumpology. You know. <laughs> I take a tour of the, of the breweries in Scott's edition. Yep. But then I get around to reading, to reading the old Exodus. Yeah. And I read these Ten Commandments. And I get to the one about the Sabbath, and I say, what the heck is that, Rabbi? Yeah. Give it to me. Give me the basics. All right. So, um, so if we're talking about the Sabbath as a biblical concept, the idea was that it is a day of refraining from work. Now, uh, having a, a lawyer's mind, you know, you're, you're probably wondering, well, okay, well, let's pick about every single word, right? So what's work? And that's where the whole Sabbath thing has gone off in all kinds of interesting directions. Okay. But just to keep it simple, it's yeah. refraining from work. Uh, the Bible says, the Torah specifically says, it is a Sabbath for the Lord, meaning that it's not simply that you're refraining from work just to do it, that there's a context that it is a Sabbath, it is a break, it is a joyous time for God. So there's the spiritual element. Um, the, the biggest beef that the Torah has as far as Shabbat, as the Sabbath is concerned, involves the creation of fire. So there's a story about a man who is picking up sticks on the Sabbath, and he's actually given the death penalty for it. Um, so that, and then not lighting a fire is the right. other, not kindling a fire. 
Um, so that, that's that's a prohibition. That is that is okay. the prohibition. Right. The, the, I guess two prohibitions, right? Uh, that tie together. Right. Unless the the man in the story is picking up sticks for some other reason. Right. But it's it's sort of implied that that's yeah, yeah, the yeah. idea. Okay. Right. So um, so then it goes into this whole other thing, which is uh, after the destruction of the temple, you have to basically reinvent Judaism. Right. You have to have a new religion because you don't have the cult. You don't have the the priesthood. Right, so how are you going to do it? So that's where the rabbis kind of won uh, uh, Jewish history and were able to kind of come up with it. So there's the idea of these categories of work. Uh, there's 39 of them, and really it's a mirror. Where do those 39 come from? Uh, so where they come from is the, the sages tried to figure out how they were going to define work. Now, the only what they did to figure that out is they looked at what was involved in the creation of the temple. And so whatever was involved in the creation of temple is what they would define as work. And then it kind of goes off into sort of like case law and all these other things. So, for example, the, the lighting the fire So this thing, is in we, the Talmud somewhere? Yeah, yes. This okay. is Talmudic logic. Okay. So, so because the Talmud's all about that. The Talmud is about, in a sense, looking into the Torah almost to negate it. So there's the idea that... Uh, that the Torah says things like... Almost to negate it. Yeah, yeah. This, so there's a lot of different forms of Talmudic logic, and there's all these different logic techniques that the Talmudists employed. So one of them was you use the Torah to negate it, meaning if you, don't, if you can't have the... Um, if you can't have the temple and worship and, uh, in a, a temple sacrificial context... You have to sort of undo that, right? Because otherwise Judaism doesn't exist. So they had to look at the Torah and figure out, well, how do we kind of get rid of that? And so that's where Shabbat as a central holy concept with these different types of work prohibitions happens. So not lighting fire, um, not tearing, not um, tanning animal skin, not um, planting, uh, not filtering. um, All of these different things. And so when you look at Orthodox Judaism today... It's really sort of case law understandings of these different work prohibitions. So you can't filter coffee, right? So no coffee on Shabbat unless you already made it and keep it in like a hot urn type of thing. Um, Or like... How would cold brew... Are you, you're that. filtering, aren't you? I think you are. Yeah, so that wouldn't work unless it was already made. But it, but it takes 20... Well, what you could do, so what you could do is this, okay, so, all right, so let me, so let me think backwards here. So, okay, so things you can't do during the, the religious time. So start of Shabbat, end of Shabbat. Now, there are things you can set in motion before Shabbat. Right. And then if it happens on Shabbat, well, that's fine. If it's still filtering. If it's still filtering, right? right. If it's still filtering or um, hot plates are the big thing. And actually it's a problem because some of these hot plates, like the ones that come from China, they haven't been tested by like the UL or one of these other organizations that make sure that there's safety in electronics. They'll get them from China and other places that have subpar safety standards. It was actually a horrible fire that killed several children because a hot plate was left burning all night um, and you couldn't turn it, no one would turn it off because that would have been a violation of Shabbat, burn the house down. 
So, yeah, or like, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's the most extreme, weird kind of thing I can think of, but um, carrying on Shabbat's an issue, so some people will say you can't, you can't, uh, this is actually one of my favorite ones, you can't carry an umbrella. Because if you're not, if you're within what's called the Eruv, which is a whole other thing, right? Uh, let's, that's a whole other deal. It's a, it's a boundary that's right. created that makes it one property, so that then you can carry on Shabbat, but sort of. But uh, if you, you can't use an umbrella, because the process of taking the umbrella and opening it up is considered building. Hmm. Or a lot of people are interested in like electricity on Shabbat. So some people say you can't flip on a light switch because it's building a circuit. The conservative movement, and I'm sort of speaking out of turn here because I'm not a conservative rabbi, but this is my understanding of it, is flipping on a light switch is fine because the electricity is already there. Like you're not creating electricity. You're just allowing it to flow uh, or, or some. So, so are, so there, anyway. are there people who are doing these interpretations now? You know, absolutely. If, if, as new technology comes, absolutely. Or, okay. If you if you watch the Bill Maher movie Religious, there's actually a a scene where he's in somewhere in Israel, and he's in this institute for halacha, Jewish law, and technology, or something okay. like that. And literally, the guy who's uh, the person that's the director or the person they have on the the movie is like showing him around, showing him all this like Jewish legal technology. Um, and uh, Bill Maher makes this joke because there's one that's like a Shabbat wheelchair. And so Bill Maher makes this joke about like, uh, if you have a God that puts you in a wheelchair, would you really want to continue to follow the, that, that God's laws right. or some, some like, you know, whatever, religious comment, yeah. I guess. It's religious. My right. favorite was when my wife and I were in Israel and we took a Shabbat elevator in our hotel. So um, you can't press the button, right, to go to the floor because that's building a circuit. Um, But people don't want to hoof up and down the stairs. So what happens is that the elevator goes to every single floor continuously. And you just kind of, it's like a train. You just kind of hop on (laughs) and you just go to wherever you need to to go. So, um, yeah, I think that's my favorite. Right. So so these kind of funny little quirks and applications Mm -hmm. of these of these 39 types, I think it, I think it's getting us away from the core though. Absolutely. So, so, so let's, let's get back there about, about, so, so we have, you started to explain this as, as, as a day to refrain from work and to give to the Lord. Correct. Correct. So what are some ways that that, I, I guess, I get the feeling that it's hard for people to do that. Oh, yeah, without a doubt, for and, a number of reasons. And what would you say to, to those who are, who are struggling with it and are looking for ways to, to get there? And, and I don't want to worry about these 39 different things. Yeah, ways. yeah, because if you're a person where that's the direction you're going in, there are countless rabbis that can help you with that. Right. Um, so the big, I guess, a couple of, of things uh, in no particular order. So one is that people will say, just like with the fact that we're kind of, in a sense, dismissing the the work restrictions, um, is people will dismiss, well, I don't believe in a God that says that I have to take this day off, right? So then why should I take the day off? And what does it even mean to take the day off? So that's sort of issue number one. And to that issue, I say um, your life and, and your being here 
after billions of years of the universe's history, you do not simply exist for what you can create or achieve. That there is an inherent dignity to human life that is beyond um, what your title is, how much money you have in the bank, things like that. And so isn't it kind of radical that there's a day that exists in the calendar where you cease to be mom, dad, boss, worker, artist, whatever, and you simply just exist. You are who you are. Um, and so if you can think of a day away from your identity and towards a different kind of identity, then I think that you can accomplish the same goal. So if you do not believe in a God who is requiring this of you, can you believe in yourself? And you can believe that there's more to you than what you do the other six days a week. So I guess that's part one. Okay. Unless so, you have something so to say. I do. I do. Okay, go but for let, it. What you got? But so, so let's say I say, okay, Rabbi, that's cool. Okay. I believe in myself. However, my boss is a real jerk. And my boss right. is a workaholic. Mm -hmm. And my boss doesn't care about the Ten Commandments. <laughs> sure. So, and I thought, bosses tend I've to not seen, care. I've seen my boss, I've seen her break a few of them. Right. Okay. Let's hope it's not murder. Re let's hope. I'm required to check my email three yeah. times a day on Saturday. Right. And, you know, I need this, it's fine to have my own identity, but I need this job. Right. Right. Um, so I guess the question I would ask hypothetical person, and since you're a real person, I'll just go on ahead and ask you. So, um... If you're in, in this scenario, this person, I guess what I would say is, are you required to check your email seven days a week? And if the answer is, well, yeah, my boss is horrible, then I'd say, then you have a boss problem. Um, unless you're literally being paid to work seven days a week, uh, in which case you have a job problem. Um, and some people, look, some people have to work two, three jobs. That's different. The, the person that I think is sort of in your scenario is often the person who fears losing their job. Right. Like a lot of like white collar people that I've met, it's like, no, you don't understand. I have to work 14 hours a day. Right. So that's the first people I'm talking to. So what do you say to them? Uh, I would go back to your life is worth more than, than that. Um, and uh, just as a side note, um, how, uh, you know, how a culture treats its employees um, uh, is important. You can't work for an organization that doesn't respect you. You will never gain respect from that. You you can't marry someone who disrespects you and expect that one day they're going to, you know, respect you. Same idea. What about let's go back quickly though to the and I know you have a part 2. But what what about the 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 low income worker who's working three jobs? Do just do the best you can. Sorry that sorry that you've been put in a situation where you have to do that. All the respect in the world for you and um, you know, we have this idea of three daily prayers, Shachrit, Minchan, Marit, um, similar to how Muslims pray five times a day. Um, if you can find 15 minutes to do something other than have a smoke, like, and, and have Shabbat for 15 minutes, then, then maybe that's what you got. Yeah. So it sounds like you're, you're recommending taking this mindset of, I refrain from work, I am worth more. Mm -hmm. I am not just my job title. Mm -hmm. and, and, and taking that to heart mm -hmm. rather than necessarily it must be this one day. 
Yeah, I mean, it's that, but it's also, I believe in the idea of limiting, limited mental bandwidth, that a person can only ever handle so much before just no more is going to go in their brain, uh, or you just can't process anymore. And I feel like, it's almost like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, that like, if you're a person who, let's say you're the white-collar person who obsessively checks email, or you're the blue-collar person who works three jobs, I think it's going to be very hard to then help that person then wrap their mind around taking a whole day off because that's just way more than than you can put into you know an already full shopping cart so um, so I guess that's why I kind of go at it from that direction is I try to respect that there is a, a, a finite amount of space in the human spirit but I mean I will say I think a lot of times people will say they can't do it and uh, are fooling themselves they just don't want to Okay, and then you had a second, you had a sort of a second way of... Yeah, so my second way would be, if you don't have a problem with the idea of um, some sort of spiritual reason why you do it, right? So God either commands it or the Jewish tradition uh, commands it and it's a positive spiritual practice. Um, I think the key is to find yourself some Shabbat buddies. And so find people to do it with. So I work with a lot of people at Darshan Yeshiva where they're like the only Jew or their family are the only Jews um, or they're converting and they're the only Jew they know. Um, and, and it's that's I had a, a rabbi named Hillel Nori, great guy, Rabbi Hillel Nori, uh, gave a, a sermon once where he said you can't do Shabbat alone, that he had like tried it once. He was on vacation and he had this one day before his friends would show up. And so he literally took a day off by himself doing absolutely nothing and he said that for lack of a better word he went crazy because mm. um, it was just too difficult and um, the pastor Rob Bell the, the writer actually said something similar on a podcast once mm. where he said him and his wife as an experiment just decided to completely refrain from work and they went crazy mm. so you've got to find people to do that with because even though there are restrictions and of course you can interpret them how you want to do some do none do whatever um there are so many things you can do. It's kind of like with dieting, where people will say, oh my gosh, there's so many things I can't eat. But there's probably a world of stuff that you can. Similar idea with Shabbat. There's a world of things that you can do, but if it's only you doing them, it'll be very depressing. Hmm. You mentioned earlier, too, that the, the meaning of, of Sabbath has changed over time. And one thing, one question that raises for me is, when do you think was the height? When do you think it was practiced by the highest percentage of people or was most common, and when would you say would be the trough? Never. 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 There's a, there's a reasonable amount of evidence that's been uh, pushed by people who are smarter than me, who are like great historians and scholars, that Shabbat and um, Shemitah, which is the Jubilee year, uh, or Jubilee period, uh, that those things were actually never practiced. And that a lot of what, no, seriously, and that actually a lot of the prophetic texts about like we used to do this and now you don't do it anymore might actually be a way of them retrojecting and saying like, well, these are things we should be doing, so we're going to talk about how we stopped doing them. Um, so so, so I, what are you making that? Because <laughs> it's so easy to criticize the modern person and right. say... Oh, now our lives are so complicated and we're so self-involved right. and there's right. so much screen time. We can't unplug. Yeah. But maybe it's always been this hard. 
Oh yeah, I, yeah, no, totally. I definitely believe that. There's a, there's an idea. I forget the scholar who said this, but um, basically, there's nothing in the there's no prohibition in the Bible for which there isn't a circumstance for it. Meaning, like you don't just make something up. Like you wouldn't say. Um, I don't know, like don't, uh, don't eat fish without fins and scales. If there weren't fish with fins and scales and there weren't fish that didn't have fins and scales and people were eating one or the other or both, mm -hmm. right? So in order to have a law, you have to have a context within which that exists. So the idea that, um, that you, uh, are not observing the Sabbath implies that there is a Sabbath, um, or, or something like that. So I, I think, the, the rabbi, uh, excuse me, the prophets were able to say, like, you're not uh, refraining from work. I don't think it was that they made it up on the spot and retrojected it. I think it was a practice that probably had fallen out of fashion um, even before the texts were written. Um, but then, uh, then so, so it was probably something that was done at some point, and it had been incredibly long, and then at some point they just decided to bring it back. Mm -hmm. um, or maybe it was something that a small group of people practiced, and then they tried to broaden it to everybody, mm -hmm. right? So if you have this whole group of people and you say, like... Who's the uh, they in that sentence? Well, okay, so, like, for example, there's an idea that the, that the Exodus was actually just the Levites, but then the idea of the Exodus expanded to include all of... Uh, the Jewish people, right? So I suspect that maybe with Sabbath, that may have been true. That maybe it was a practice that was sort of, um, uh, how would you put it? Um, it was sort of like almost Bedouin in a way. Like it may have been something that uh, not even the country folk did or that the city folk did, but it may have been a nomadic practice. And that then some of the uh, the priestly class and then some of the prophets said, oh, yeah, that thing. Yeah, we always did that. And then we stopped doing it. That is that is purely a speculation on my part mm, because we don't we don't have the texts to back sure. up that opinion. So sure. it's it's you have to say what it is. But I I suspect that oftentimes in the Jewish tradition, we took things that maybe even a small group of people did, and then we expanded it out. Much of much of Judaism involves the slow democratization of practice. Interesting. Okay, so if if um, if this has been a challenging practice historically, uh -huh. do you see any hope that it will be? Because it sounds to me like this is an important idea for you, and you yeah, think it's it a valuable yeah. practice. What what odds do you see that it will get more widely adopted? I mean, you'll always have the Haredi Jews, so you'll have the ultra-Orthodox. The modern Orthodox uh, are going to try to make it easier uh, for people to observe Shabbat. Uh, conservative Jews, I think, and this is... Uh, <laughs> my conservative rabbi friends would probably not appreciate this, but I sometimes feel like there's two kinds of conservative. There's slow reform, and then there's trying to be orthodox and not everybody fits in that i think there are very few like uscj old school conservative rabbis and and certainly jews the joke is that um a conservative synagogue is where orthodox rabbis go to preach to reform jews um and that's a horrible joke it's a horrible joke right. but i do think sometimes there's the laity and the clergy will always be at odds with each other um, which is why I try to be as much like 
the laity as I can be and to be honest about what I do and don't do and, and why it matters. But I, I don't think there will be a sudden resurgence of Shabbat um, anytime soon, unfortunately. Okay. So, how do, so that, that brings us to the, the, the final point here. How does a rabbi, how does Rabbi Patrick practice? So uh, Friday nights, uh, twice a month, I'm leading service for Bonet Kodesh. So I'm sort of on duty um, starting Friday night. Uh, so we'll do uh, a dinner, Pollock dinner. I'll lead a service. We've been doing it now. We've been doing this really cool thing called Home Shabbat, which is really neat. It almost feels like a Passover Seder. Very interactive. Everyone sits at a table. Really, really fun. So we've been doing that. Um, so I'll do that on a Friday night. If I'm not teaching on a Saturday, then one of two things will happen. Either I'll, um, we've been doing this Shabbat tent thing where we've been at the local farmer's market, which is a funny story because before we started doing that, uh, my wife and I were at the farmer's market and I actually saw, um, uh, a rabbi that I knew there, and I felt really weird about it all of a sudden. But then I realized it was okay. So, um, so we'll do a tent there. My my community will do that, um, and we just hang out, do Shabbat, and we give out flyers and things like that. Um, or uh, I will go hiking, and I try to hide from technology as much as possible. And I do that anyway. Uh, if I'm not teaching, because I'll teach online often. On Saturday, um, I will avoid my phone, and um, e I don't email at all, period, um, and I don't respond to uh, phone calls unless it's an emergency, um, so things like that. So I have a very limited technological interface during during Shabbat. How do you um, how do you rate that? I mean, do you think you're doing a good job? Always need to improve. Yeah. Yeah, always need to improve. Um, and always good to add more. So like right now, you know, if someone texts me and it's like, you know, let's say someone is going to go to the tent or something, or someone needs to know where is the tent. Okay, I'll text back like, okay, it's right here. Or, okay, see you when you get here. Um, but if someone, uh, if someone is just like, hey, how's it going? Or whatever, then I don't respond until, you know, the evening or whatever. And I used to feel guilty for that. I used to feel like I was being, I feel like with technology being as constant, um, it's easy to feel like you owe it to the world to text people. You owe it to the world to like, you know, email immediately. I knew a guy who said, if you don't email me back, he wasn't saying this about me, but he said, if you don't email back in 48 hours, it means you're not interested. And I was like, there's plenty of times where like literally six days will go by and I'll hit you up on Twitter and be like, wait, are we still doing that? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so I'm trying to get better about allowing myself the the permission. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, what have I missed? Anything else you want to say on this topic? Um, if it sounds like I'm being cynical about uh, the Sabbath and people's observance of it, I'm really not. It's just that I think we've so overblown what Sabbath is supposed to be, which is why I, I mentioned, like, everyone needs Sabbath buddies. Like, I don't go hiking by myself. I go, um, I, you know, I go with friends, or I, I go with Stephanie, my wife Stephanie. Um, I will say, um, as proof to this, um, I've made fun of conservative Judaism, so now I have to give a shout-out to a friend who's a conservative rabbi who gave me a really awesome Sabbath. So Rabbi Mike Knopf of Temple Beth El, Richmond, Virginia, on Lovely Grove Avenue, 
Um, I think we can call Mike a friend of the podcast. We definitely can. He has he has a podcast I think called The Stender. Okay. On Jcast Network. Okay. So you should check that out. And we will tag and tweet, and everyone will. All of our five followers will will now friend Rabbi Knopf on on. But we appreciate our five followers. Yeah, we do. We really, really do. Um, so, um, so my wife was out of town visiting family and I was by myself and, um, I was like, what am I going to do on my Saturday? And following the advice of Rabbi Hillel Nori, who I'll, I'll tag as well when this gets on Facebook. Um, I was like, you know what? I got to go to Shul. Like I got to go to synagogue. Um, cause I got to be with people. And so I totally did not tell Rabbi Knopf that I was, uh, going to be showing up. I just grabbed my... Uh, prayer show on my talit got my car went there came right in the corner sat down and he's like doing his thing and all that you know and then all of a sudden he sees me and he was just like yo you know like really kind of into it and uh they did the tour processionally comes by gives me a hug whatever and uh yeah so i got to spend my plan was just to show up for um the tour reading and then bail at the end of that um but actually i was having such a good time that I stuck around and did lunch, and then he was like, you know, are you going to stick around for uh, the afternoon service? And it was like, sure. So what started off as I'm just going to be there for two and a half hours turned into an all-day affair, wow. and it was totally awesome. So, uh, yeah, so making fun of conservative Judaism, but, uh, you know, I know a guy who does it well. <laughs> right. Well, I think on that note, I think we'll... Uh... Shall we sign off for this I, time? I say it's time for the computer to have a Sabbath. There we go. So, all right. Thanks a lot, everyone, for listening. Uh, podcast at RabbiPatrick.com. Um, you can hit us up on Twitter. You'll see the tags and all of that. Facebook. Um, send questions. Send questions. Um, and I don't have anything interesting to promote other than uh, if you're in Richmond, come to Bone Kodesh. And if you're online, darshanyeshiva.org, uh, we're expanding to a bunch of countries. And that'll be coming in probably two months. So from the time of this podcast release. So check that out. You got some stuff to promote? Bagels? Ah, uh, you know, what don't I have to promote? Your ukulele. Um, you know, I have, obviously I have nothing to promote, but of course <laughs> I will be thinking about what prop to bring next time. So any suggestions, you can reach me at 911. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Take care, everyone.